Welcome to the Transformational Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Hannah Anam. My mission is to help you lead more effectively and be an agent of positive change in times of disruption. On this podcast, we interview practitioners and leadership experts and have coaching exercises that you can apply immediately to your work challenges. Together, we learn how to achieve success and create workplaces in a world that work better for all. Well, hello, friends. My guest today is John Baldoni. He is an incredibly impressive guy. He is 2020 Global Gurus Top 30. He's the author of 14 books that have been published in 10 languages. He is an Inc. Top 50 leadership expert and a top 100 leadership speaker. So welcome, John. Thank you, Hannah. I'm honored to be able to speak to you. John, one of the things that I would love to hear you talk about is your new book called Grace. Tell me what inspired you to write this book. Well, Grace, A Leader's Guide to a Better Us, is about how leaders can instill grace in their teams and their organizations. What powered the idea of the book was the contentious times in which we live. There is something I like to call the anti-social media, whereas we get on our virtual communications and we tend to rant rather than communicate. And it's easy to get distracted by that. If you get wrapped up into those things, then you think that the world is going to uh, fall apart. And I know now that we are in this pandemic, it certainly feels that way. I am optimistic, perhaps naively so, but I do believe that there's more kindness in the world. There is more grace than there is evil. And to bring grace to the fore, we need women and men of good intention to do so. Grace, by my way of thinking, is the catalyst for the greater good. Now, most of us may know grace from a faith-based background, and in fact, it does come from that. We often associate it with the Christian faith, but it is inherent in every faith that I researched, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, ancient Greeks practiced a form of it. And I think, Hannah, when you think about it, grace is in our DNA. We know of something called the altruism gene, which is our instinct to protect our own, our young, but also our families and our community. So I think we're wired for grace. Grace is the willingness to reach out and try to affect something better. Yeah, yeah. And I love the fact that it actually has an acronym, that this has a series of character traits. So would you tell our listeners what GRACE stands for? Sure. Generosity, respect, action, compassion, and energy. And let me explain. I'll take three first. Generosity is that open-heartedness. I want to be give to others. From a leadership standpoint, it means sharing. It means willingness to delegate with authority to enable people to achieve the aims of the organization. Respect means dealing with people with an open heart. It's so easy to be wrapped on our own axle that we see someone perhaps on a first impression or we are told that person is subpar. And so we kind of assume the worst in people. 
That's not respect. Respect is looking at an individual and assuming the best, assuming that they can do something good. And then finally, we skip to the letter C, which is compassion. That's the caring part. That's concern for others. From it comes love. That's also a sense of loving the organization, loving people as people, as individuals, respecting them. But compassion is the outward care. So that's Mm. the G, R, and C. But then from a leadership standpoint, all of those attributes are good. But what do leaders do? They act. They put people first. They act for the benefit of others. They make good things happen. They make tough decisions. Of course, it's not all fairy tales and lollipops by any means, but they act for the good of the team. And then finally, the E is energy. And leaders mobilize the organization toward achieving the goals of the organization. Yeah. So you mentioned that we are indeed in times of crisis. Talk a little bit about why this idea of grace is particularly relevant for today's times when things are messy. It creates a lot of stress in all of us, which somehow often brings up our worst behaviors. And so I'm curious about how do we get ourselves shifted? And what are some examples perhaps that you've seen? You know this uh, from your work as a coach when we work with positive behavior change, but when crisis strikes, too often we see people revert to type. They revert to their behaviors. That's going to happen. So how do you mitigate against that? Well, with the concept of grace, think of grace as intentional acts of goodness, intentional acts of kindness, intentional acts to make things better. And when one assumes that point of view, one begins to think it's not about me, it's about others. That's very easy to say, Hannah. But if you remind yourself that it's not about me. If I'm going to affect positive change, I need to work together with others. And it just makes for a more harmonious workplace. Actually, a friend and someone I respect in my hometown here in Ann Arbor, Rich Sheridan, has runs a software company, and he's written a couple of books called Joy. And he believes the workplace should be joyful. People should enjoy what they do, which is good. But It's up to the leader of the organization, and Rich does this very well, to make people feel as if they belong, and Mm -hmm. then they all connect with one another. So it's not easy to uh, lead in challenging times, but I think grace enables us that way, because when we're other-directed, I think we take the focus off of our own negative emotions, and we get less wrapped up in our own baggage, because Mm -hmm. we're thinking of other people. At the same time, grace does not mean that, yes, we can think of it as selfless, but there's also the concept of self-care. And you owe it to yourself to take care of yourself physically and mentally, and mental health breaks, whatever that means, exercise, diet, all of those types of things. That's not selfishness. That's your commitment to being a more effective leader. And I think that's especially important in times of crisis. Yes, yes. And it strikes me that one of the elements of grace has to be forgiveness. There are times now 
especially when we're all in this stress mode, John, that we may be standing in long lines. We may not be getting, I know that we waited on the phone for a long time to cancel reservations, right? And so there is this sense of you're frustrated or things aren't working in the same way that you uh, expect them to. And I wonder where this, um, or employees screw up, right? Because something is not right and we're having to change on the dime. Right. I I think there's a couple of things in there. Number one is forgiveness. I think of recently and encouraged by, again, anti-social media, we live in a culture that is quick to judge and quick to condemn, that we enjoy nothing more than tearing down people. We like to find blame. And that's really a short-sighted game. And it's destructive and it's demotivating. And forgiveness comes from that ability to look beyond the how you have been wronged, and to move forward. And again, depending on what the grievance is, it's hard. But those who forgive live extraordinary lives. One story I remember from many years now, 15 years ago, and it was, I wrote about it previously in the previous book, and it was, the sadly, another one of the many shootings we've had. Mm. But it was in the Amish community, and a grandfather who had lost two granddaughters went before the media and said that he wanted to make sure that the the families of the shooter did not feel wrong. He forgave them. And we saw this same kind of forgiveness in Charleston after the terrible shooting in the AME church. And it's often those who are wronged do the forgiving, which is very powerful. And where does that forgiveness come from? It comes from grace. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing you can say. Now, on a more pedestrian way, and I like what you mentioned about waiting in line or waiting on the phone. I am particularly a very impatient person, and so <laughs> <You and> me <laughs> both. <laughs> and I think most active people are. But here's the trick I always tell people, and I'm sure you do the same thing, Hannah, is that when we think of patience, I ask the person I'm coaching, who's in control. And they say, I am. And for a person who's a a leader who is used to exerting control, when you realize that while we do not control events, we control how we react to them, that's a kind of self-knowledge that, oh, I can do this. And I remember once listening to a a radio broadcast by the author, Alan LeCole. I think I maybe mispronounced his name, but he wrote a book called Patience. And they were talking about patience. And one person said, well, the way I practice patience is when I go into a supermarket, I look for the longest line and I stand behind it just kind of as as a self-exercise. Now, is that kind of exercise for everyone? No, certainly not. But it's a way of testing yourself. In a way, it's a kind of meditation, if you will. It's a practice. Absolutely. It's It's challenging yourself to grow yourself in areas, but in a very conscious way. Right. In a very conscious way. And patience is endemic in grace because grace gives us that strength, I think, to be patient. And you know from your work that patience makes certainly us as coaches, if we're impatient with our people we work with, well, we're not good observers. We're not good listeners. And we're shorting the very people who look to us to help them. We're not giving them our 100%. We're acting distracted. So patience is so critical and it's something we can all work on. And 
I do believe it's linked to grace because the reason for patience is self-improvement, but our self-improvement helps us interact and connect more effectively with others. So John, let me ask you this. For our listeners, I am curious about how in a leadership situation, how do you invoke grace? I feel like we're all running around, particularly in these times, with back-to-back schedules and often double booked. How do we remember grace? What's a tip that you have? It's intentional. And that's why I use the word intentional kindness. By extension, it's intentional generosity. It's Mm. intentional respect. It's intentional compassion. And when we put that modifier in front of those concepts, it's kind of a reminder and try it. So in other words, what are my intentions and how will I act upon them today? Because so often, and I know I'm a very imperfect being, I don't wish anyone harm, but I know I do inflict harm when I'm careless, when I'm Mm. quick, when I cut people off. I don't really mean to do that, but I'm not acting in a consciously intentional way of making things better. I'm applying my intention negatively instead of positively. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you for this beautiful conversation, uh, John, and for this topic. Uh, Such an important topic in today's times to be generous with one another, to be kind, to realize that we're all in this together and we have to take care of each other. How can people find out more about you, John, uh, if they want to follow you? What's the best way for them to do that? Thank you. The easiest way is to simply go to my website, which is my name johnbaldoni.com. I am a regular contributor to Forbes.com as well as Smart Brief. I'm on Twitter and especially on LinkedIn. So I'm pretty easy to find. Excellent. Thank you you so much, John. It's a pleasure um, connecting with you. And I look forward to our listeners learning more about you and certainly reading your book and practicing grace every single day in our crazy lives. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening. This is your host, Hannah Anam. Please rate, comment, and share our podcasts with those you care about. Be the leader who helps others grow and thrive in times of disruption. You can visit our website at www.transformleaders.tv. There, you'll find other great tools to grow your leadership and be a force for good in these times. Until the next time, my friends.